This is Active Recall. Wanted to get things started with the podcast for 2020. I was looking at last year. We did 15 episodes. A lot of them were short solo episodes. So I'm going to try to do at least one more this year. 16 episodes maybe. But hoping for way more than that uh, to maybe bring it back to how many we were doing the first couple of years. I made... A bunch of somewhat aimless stuff in the past year and past couple of years on and I'm not just talking about the podcast just like writing and different things and when thinking back through all of it you know end of the decade and just going back through thinking about everything doing the podcast with Wally was some of the most fun stuff maybe like the most fun stuff as far as like blogging and I guess yeah content creation that kind of thing particularly early on when we were still figuring out microphones, figuring out what topics we'd talk about. It was all, it was a highlight of the week leading up to, I think it was like Thursday mornings when we would record. Eventually got out of practice because our schedules changed and we just never took the time to realign and get back to recording regularly. We're planning to start again in February, but thought I'd warm up the gear and go solo for this episode so that's what this is going to be i'm just going to talk about I, I wrote some outline here or an outline here here are the segments i or the different sections start stop continue i'm going to just talk about things to start stop and continue as far as the podcast goes the second part will be three book quotes from some of my favorite books in 2019 and then the third part just talking about i Went back through the list of books that I read in 2019 and made sort of a top 10. So I'll pull that up and talk about it for a little bit. So first up, start, stop, and continue. I think this is a good exercise to do depending on, or and you can use it with different lenses. I earlier did a, I think I took it from like Tim Ferriss, but he, he says like one of his end of year exercises is to go through his calendar Look at the things that uh, he found really enjoyable so that he can increase the amount of time that he dedicates to those activities in the upcoming year. And then do the same thing, uh, figure out what things to stop doing because they just are not energizing. So I also thought about start, stop, and continue for different habits in my life, habits I want to continue doing. So I do write pretty regularly and then other things to stop and then small experiments to start doing to see if that is a habit that I want to build up. But uh, for the sake of this episode, just talking about kind of trying to scope, start, stop, and continue to the lens of this podcast. So I want to continue writing and recording. I do a lot of just like I wouldn't call it personal writing. It is these things like posts that I will write out thinking that I'm going to publish it somewhere, put it on the blog somewhere. So there is this intent that I'm writing something that other people will read. Then I just never finish it. Same thing with, I have like these recordings, draft recordings, videos that are unfinished. And well, I guess this is the continue part. I, I do want to continue making those things because it keeps me in practice and a big part of that is doing daily writing so I want to continue that but the thing that I want to start 
So start, stop, continue. So I want to continue writing and I want to start hitting publish a little more. So doing the podcast and sometimes I'll take stuff pretty far and then just, it just, I just forget to finish it or I just, I know it's there and I choose not to finish it. But now I want to hit publish, focus a little more on hitting publish before starting something new. So I want to start doing the podcast again and talk to Wally about what we'll do this year to try to improve things. And just some of that is to start to pick a day and a time to record. That worked when we used to do it uh, regularly. And so we're going to start doing that. And then stop. So something I want to stop doing is worrying a ton about how it all fits into the bigger picture, how this leads to a great life by focusing on making a podcast, because it doesn't. It's fine. Um, and it, sometimes that can, like, stop me from hitting publish if it, the quality is not enough or that kind of thing. But I want to do it because it's fun. It's something I enjoy. It's something I've always enjoyed. And then another thing I want to stop doing is aiming to do so much each week because I... I'll sit down, I'll say, okay, I have this amount of time. I can, in that time, do five blog posts, a podcast episode, a video, a bunch of stuff for IGTV, some other apps that I don't use, do a newsletter that wraps everything up, and also add a blog post to that. And then it can kind of fit within the week, but it's not realistic because then it kind of doesn't leave any gaps. And then because I want to do all that, then I want, I I then start having to prioritize like which of these things can I drop because I'm going to miss a couple days and I don't have it really prioritized all that well as far as like what to make. So I've been thinking of a couple different, more realistic schedules. Thomas Frank, he does the College Info Geek podcast and has a good YouTube channel about productivity and that kind of that kind of thing. His schedule was something like uh, he would aim for, this is earlier on, one blog post a week, one video a week, and one podcast each week. So I think maybe that could be a sustainable, consistent thing that I can aim for. And then there's also James Clear, who wrote basically like a nonfiction instant classic, Atomic Habits, which you should reread every year. You should read it if you haven't read it, but habits really are the foundation of improving anything in your life, I think. And yeah, so James Clear, but before he wrote Atomic Habits, he was mostly known as a blogger. And the schedule that he stuck to, I think for the first three years of his blog, and he never missed a day, Monday and Thursday, he would write a blog post and release it Monday and Thursday every week. And that's how he built up his practice. It was enough to, it was a good amount of content that he was creating and also not too much that he would have to drop the quality bar so much. So those are, so I want to combine both of those and do two episodes of it. I'm just kidding. Um, so I have been thinking about like maybe, maybe just doing the two blog posts each week and then, um, doing a podcast when we're, when we're able to, I know that college info geek dropped down to an episode every other week. So still, still thinking about that, but I do like the one, one, one. So one blog post, one video, one podcast, and it's probably something that I can experiment with. with. But yeah, as far as the start, stop, continue, this is stop aiming to do so much each week. And 
in the same light, stop aiming to release something every day, which I don't end up doing ever. But I always think, oh yeah, that'd be a good thing to aim for. And then I'll practice releasing and practice shipping stuff. And uh, it just really, I don't know, ends up making me feel bad for like not really publishing anything anywhere. So I think if I am going to do like one of those sprints, sometimes I am able to just like write a blog post a day or like a couple on the weekend or a few on the weekend. And I think what I need to do is kind of aim for scheduling it out. If I am able to get a nice chunk of time to write multiple posts or make multiple podcast episodes, then that means that I can do those, but then schedule them out as the weekly posts and just aim to have a nice buffer for inevitably there's going to be a week here or there where I can't really do much at all. So that's it. That's the first part of this episode. Start, stop, and continue. Good way to just think about, reflect pretty quickly on uh, the past, say, year, and then, or past six weeks, six months, whatever time frame, and then figure out what you want to stop doing, what you want to start doing, and what you want to continue doing because it was working. And then next up, I just have three book quotes from some of my favorite books in 2019. I don't know that this is necessarily a top three. Actually, I know that it's not, and I'll get into the top ten, but uh, three books that I'd I'm just recommending sort of randomly from that top 10 and I'll be returning to the top 10 in future episodes. But, um, this first one is called alchemy by Rory Sutherland. Great book about branding, advertising, and just how humans think, which is to say that they think very illogically and make decisions. Even if they're, they're someone's familiar with the logic and that kind of thing, then, they, that does not guarantee that they're going to be able to commit to making decisions based on that logic. So he has, in this book, Alchemy, calls it Rory's Rules of Alchemy. And he, he was an executive at Ogilvy, the advertising agency. And yeah, here we go. Uh, the 10 Rules of Alchemy, number one, the opposite of a good idea can also be a good idea number two don't design for average number three it doesn't pay to be logical if everyone else is being logical actually i'm not going to go through all all these rules but i just highly recommend this book uh, as far as understanding how advertising works and understanding that if you want to get an idea across it doesn't always pay to just focus on logic and trying to be spock like or uh, th- there is something valuable about understanding how humans misunderstand stuff. So the reason I mentioned that I was trying to do a little topical stuff is that the Super Bowl is coming up in a couple weeks. Watched the both championship games on a flight back to New York yesterday. So very top of mind and. Annie Duke has a great book about decision-making called Thinking in Bets. A major through-line in the book is that Pete Carroll didn't make a bad decision going with a passing play at the one-yard line in the Super Bowl a few years back. And the book, Thinking in Bets, returns to it and kind of explains like the different pieces of decision-making and how the analytics and the numbers applied in that situation show that it actually made sense to pass the ball at that point. 
And why I mentioned that along with alchemy is that having read all of that and having a mild understanding of statistics and that kind of thing and understanding that, yeah, I do believe that all of this explains that I, I do believe, hey, based on the numbers, this was a good idea. But alchemy is kind of the reason that all the stuff about branding and human behavior, alchemy is the reason that it still pains me to think that they didn't just run the ball. And then another book from last year, Lynchpin. This is a book by Seth Godin. Not a new book. Um, and I don't think al- alchemy is, I think, within the past couple of years, but Lynchpin is even older as far as I understand. So um, the description in this book says, this life-changing manifesto shows you how you have the potential to make a huge difference wherever you are. I listened to this book earlier this year and then have listened to it probably like one or two more times since then and have gone through and highlighted different things in um, Kindle copy. But um, yeah, I just really like it as a reminder of focusing on strengths in different things and that this kind of goes back to not trying to do 20 different things in a week and just kind of like focusing on uh, finishing a few things and that focusing, I guess, on the strengths, not that my strengths are podcasting and making videos, but maybe there's strength in, I think one strength I do have is that the generalism and uh, range, I guess I'm just like naming books, but range is a book by David Epstein talking about uh, being that it pays off to like sample different things and get good at a few different things rather than aiming to be like the top 10 person in the world at something. Um, so with Lynchpin, Seth Godin's book, I think that one of my strengths is understanding like, Hey, how to put a podcast together, how to put a video together, how to put a blog post together. There's just, and I mean that in the like barest sense, not that I can put a narrative podcast together that makes sense. It has sound effects and uh, makes you feel something emotionally. But I mean, just like the logistics of, oh, I know how to put this audio together and then upload it somewhere for you to listen to. And uh, there's strength in just understanding like the practical side of some of these different things. So yeah, Lynchpin has been good in that and at work just thinking about like oh what what is my strength what can I contribute and not to worry too much about like shoring up weaknesses and instead just focusing on how to uh, just identifying the strength and then really focusing in focusing in on that because that's what can make you valuable is your art your art being your sh- oh, and here is a quote that I put down. He's just talking about like different people trying to find their art, and, and uh, that there are artists in different industries. Even and in this example, it's a author of business books. So he says, Tom Peters, corporate gadfly and writer, is an artist, even though his readers are business people. He's an artist because he takes a stand. He takes the work personally, and he doesn't care if someone disagrees. His art is part of him, and he feels compelled to share it with you because it's important, not because he expects you to pay him for it. 
I put that quote here because in doing this writing and in trying to put this podcast together and putting videos together, what I don't do, I think, I don't take that strong of a stand. I always lean on like, oh, it depends. It depends on this side and that side. And I'm not, I, I'm roughly the opposite of the ESPN talking heads so like Stephen A. Smith, uh, Skip Bayless previously. And they, I remember like growing up and maybe not like not when I was a kid, but high school, college, seeing them on TV and then thinking, oh, hey, like these people are like such idiots, right? But they're, they're not. Um, it took me like forever to learn, oh, they know exactly what they're doing. They're probably the smartest people on TV in, in a sense, or at least on like sports or in sports in that they know what the like logical position is. They, then they are able to take some other position and then argue that and take a stand and have a viewpoint and then bring the points up there. And then the other person takes the opposite stand because this creates an entertaining show. So it's something I want to work on is to really like have a perspective on different things. Don't I do actually believe in most cases it does depend, but maybe I can try to relate to, or have people relate to me that are similar to uh, maybe like my background and that kind of thing and have a stance that will resonate more with them. One thing that comes to mind is this idea of working super hard, like 16 hour days, 20 hour days, four hours of sleep, and then whether that's required for success or not. And I would like to, I, I mean, this is more me being hopeful, um, is this idea that no, you don't need to break your back to find success and that success is defined in many different ways. And see, I am already like leaning back towards it depends because I actually do think, Hey, if your goal is to be a billionaire first, that's probably a bad goal, but you're going to need to work really hard to do that. You don't hear about. And I think that's where like the people arguing both sides are kind of arguing past each other that for someone success to them does mean that you have a billion dollar billion dollars at your disposal or something like that um where it it and it does it's that idea that um all billionaires work super hard so clearly it's hard work that leads to that but then on the other side of that there's people that work just as hard as billionaires that don't have the same amount of financial success and I, I think an example that Naval Ravikant gives is that the person running like three local restaurants and running around between them is probably working just as hard as some multimillionaire out there, but um, just in a different industry. And it, it's not the hard work doesn't always you have to work hard, work smart. Anyway, um, as, as speaking of restaurants, um, so this third book is called Work Clean by Dan Charnis. Charnis. Meanwhile, you're going to talk about this book in our first episode back. It's a book that's been changing my behavior quite a bit, I think, as far as like doing work and that kind of thing. It is about mise en place, that 
is a cooking term about everything in its place kind of thing. And the book talks about different things about working in a kitchen and chef and being a chef, being a cook and running a kitchen and all these different principles that um, are required for a kitchen to run smoothly. So here we go. So I, I'll actually like go through these 10 major principles of mise en place for chefs and non-chefs alike. This is uh, from the book description. So number one, planning is prime. Number two, arranging spaces and perfecting movements. Number three, cleaning as you go. Four, making first moves. Five, finishing actions. Six, slowing down to speed up. Seven, call and call back. Eight, open ears and eyes. Nine, inspect and correct. Ten, total utilization. So there are different stories from the cooking world, the restaurant world. And then the author uh, explains how those techniques can also be abstracted and then reapplied uh, to just whatever your work is. It doesn't have to be like kitchen work. It's, it can be knowledge work. And for whatever reason, this book really resonated with me. I'm sure there are similar books um, taking like stories from some industry and then saying like, oh, this is how you can apply it to life. And I wish there was a book like this actually from like, because I've been listening, I'm kind of going on, this is a tangent, been listening to uh, the, I, I listened to like the George Lucas biography have, and then there was an editor for Star Wars who also has a book. And I wish there was more, a more like direct book about like, Hey, these are things from the film industry and here's how you can apply it in life. That kind of thing. The same way that uh, this book work clean, how, how it has it. Um, it is one of my favorite books probably from, well, definitely from last year. And yeah, it immediately made me think about like the systems that I have in place to make this content and why and really think about like, oh, hey, I do take pride in being able to start writing something and sit down and write and, and get an outline out. But then I, as mentioned, I kind of drop the ball towards the end and don't hit publish. So this book has really made me start thinking about like the systems that I have in place and why I'm able to, well, just figure out like, okay, I was able to remove a bunch of friction from like the front end of content creation. Can I do the same thing for the back end and uh, the actual like hitting publish and really starting to like look at the different steps there and why I just haven't been able to remove that friction. If it's like a system or like the platforms that I'm using or is it just like a, you know, mental self-belief kind of like it's quality sort of thing anyway here's another quote from it by being organized you will be more efficient by being more efficient you will have more time in your day by having more time in your day you will be more relaxed in your day you will be able to accomplish the task at hand in a clear concise fluid motion that's the end of the quote so yeah, this that's something you'll probably hear in a lot of productivity books about why you want to be more efficient and that kind of thing. And yeah, there's getting things done, which is very directly about productivity and being an executive and that kind of thing. So th this was a nice change of pace where the stories are not just from CEOs of businesses and how you can replicate their work. It's more entertaining. The story, I, I found the stories more entertaining and that said, I did grow up watching a lot of Food Network and that, but I, I've never worked in a kitchen. Um, so I'm no, not good chef or anything, but 
yeah, have was definitely entertained and could see how this stuff could apply to uh, the things that I make. So that's why I enjoyed that book so much. And now I, you might be able to hear me typing. Um, I'm going to pull up just like this list, top 10 from last year. I did <laughs> every year I do try to read a book a week, not necessarily. Um, I, I, I just aim to do like four books a month. So it does end up being, I guess the goal is 48 books. Um, but yeah, I did hit 52 about, and then sometimes I don't really like, I'll finish a book, but not really count it because, uh, skimmed it a little too much. But first of all, a book a week, I think it's, it's a little aggressive. It's not at this point, not something to brag about compared to the internet because the internet always will show you some extreme number. And there are people who read hundred, 200 books and actually do read them. This isn't, this is separate from the people that say like, Hey, here's how you can read a book a day. And they say, pick three chapters from that book and then skim it. <laughs> That's how you read a book a day. <laughs> but I know that there's actually people who just read a lot and they, they can get through hundred, 200 books. Um, but to do the book a week, it's let's say if every page is 20, 250 page or every book is 250 pages. Uh, you could get through this in like less than an hour a day, 30 minutes a day, maybe like, let's say like 45 minutes a day reading is about what it works out to. Um, so yeah, what I did is I went back through, I was good last year actually about, uh, maintaining and I'll, I'll continue that this year. If you go to activerecall.co, I had this page there called 2019 reading list and I would update this every once in a while. Um, but I went back through, pulled all the titles out fairly manually, a little bit of code, not that it was necessary, um, but saved a few minutes. Then I put that in a spreadsheet and from there I made a category of things that would possibly make the top 10 that were new. So I also keep kept track of some books that I reread, but I just said, okay, those aren't going to be in the top 10 because, um, they were probably like a top 10 from a previous year. So some examples of that are The War of Art, Make Time, Anti-Fragile, Masters of Doom. Those were books that I reread from previous years and was not going to include in the top 10. So yeah, then I made this list of, or I made a sub list of like, it ended up being like around 20. And then from there, started ranking things, moving them up and down the top 10. And then until there was like 10 and then I, I, and I've spent like three minutes talking about how I came up with this list. Um, when it should just be like, Oh, I remembered 10 books that I loved last year. Um, but yeah, ranked them against each other and then roughly came up to this top 10 of books that I enjoyed from last year. And this specific ranking, like the difference between number four and number seven, it's not, it doesn't really matter. Um, so these are, 10 books I enjoyed, but I will go in the order. Well, maybe I can like, I'll go backwards. Um, and then in the future, I'm going to talk about, I could make an episode about each of these books, I think, um, just lessons learned and that kind of thing. But, um, for right now, I'll just list them out. Number 10, the algebra of happiness notes on the pursuit of success, love and meaning. That's a book by Scott Galloway. 
he is, uh, I guess, like, a, I mean, he is an NYU professor, but also a technology critic. Um, but this is this is not really about technology. This is just his approach to life and really resonated with me uh, this year. So, yeah, just things about, like, his, how he thinks you should, he does think you should work very hard earlier on in your life so that you can relax and have provide comfort for your family later on in life um and yeah just seeing that perspective really i think i think that did actually change some of my thought on like how hard you should work and whether hard work is necessary and kind of pulled me back towards like oh i should probably work harder at this point like i don't have kids um Okay, I won't go too deep into each each book, but uh, number nine, Stillness is the Key. That's the third book by Ryan Holiday. Not not his third book, but it's probably like his tenth book. But the third in his trilogy of Ego is the Enemy, or first was Obstacle is the Way, Ego is the Enemy, Stillness is the Key. This was a bu- This is a book, yeah, just about like cultivating stillness in your life and what is stillness. Most people think of meditation, but he specifically didn't want to talk about meditation in the book and understands that or yeah just explains like the benefits of stillness you know what not being still is it's like putting on (laughs) the news and then feeling angry opening social media feeling angry and just like having your devices always tell you give you reasons to be angry that's kind of the exact opposite of stillness so stillness is like sitting down reading a book physical book using devices that won't let you check your email that kind of thing um I'll keep going. Number eight, Recursion. This is a fiction book. If, I guess, yeah, if you like things like Inception, uh, different Christopher Nolan movies, this is similarly, I think, like, written in that way. And I think he has, the the author has talked about, like, Christopher Nolan being an inspiration of his. Um, But Recursion is, yeah, this great book. Uh, Very, I, I guess this is really... A time to use the word riveting i couldn't stop reading it couldn't stop really thinking about it when i wasn't reading it and that's why i do have it here um number seven creative calling by chase jarvis this is um a book just directly about creativity and increasing the time that you dedicate towards creativity and then recognizing that everyone is creative it's not something you're born with it's something that you can practice and this goes through the steps that you can take to build up a creative practice. Number six, Liar's Poker by Michael Lewis. This was just a, Michael Lewis can really take you into a world, and in particularly, or in, in particular, these worlds that seem fairly boring from the outside in, in the sense that, like, not too, I, I mean, yeah, like, he takes you into 80s Wall Street, which is... And what I mean is, like, not the necessarily, like, the crazy amount of money being spent, but just, like, the on the things going on inside. And it's super interesting, it turns out. Um, but, yeah, he just sees one of the, my favorite writers and uh, just hilarious stories from that world. And then realizing that all kinds of cahoots and craziness probably happens in all sorts of in industries today. Um, and number five, work clean. I just talked about that and why I love it so much. Number four, same thing, linchpin. I, I talked about it earlier. Number three, 
range. I kind of mentioned it earlier, but yeah, this is a great book about maybe to give hope to people who aren't top 10 at anything, which is most anyone, pretty much everyone. Um, I've, yeah, I, I do wonder what it's like to be like top 10 at something and to have you probably <laughs> and then under trying to like look at that. If you were like, just imagine you were the t- top three at anything and then would you really know how to contribute like your success and or do you just think you're you were just the hardest worker and that kind of thing anyway range uh goes into like why it can be really useful to try out different things and get good great at different things and then um use those skills together and that also that that is a recipe that can lead to being top 10 at different things um, the main example, and he's mentioned that the original title that he had was Tiger versus Federer. The implication there is that Tiger Woods was this traditional, like, day he was born from the womb, had a golf club, and um, led to being successful and best golfer in the world. But then, on the other hand, there's Federer, who didn't solely focus on tennis, and growing up and was playing different sports and that also led to being the best tennis player ever so um, there's different approaches to things and this kind of reminds me of number two alchemy that book that i mentioned earlier that i was talking about earlier but in alchemy there is this reminder that um there isn't just one solution to everything and that two bad ideas might work a good they're doesn't necessarily have to be like one good idea for any problem so yeah success there's a lot of different paths to success and same thing with failure and then number one awareness by anthony DeMello. this is a good one uh just about life this is good i guess like philosophy book um and just really it gets down to like what is important in your life and why so I I don't have a quote ready to go from the book. So I'm just going to try to retell this story about um okay, so there is this eagle for some reason uh or like an egg that ends up mixed up with a bunch of chicken eggs. And they he hatches and he's raised by chickens never only flies as, as high as the other chickens around him fly it's this eagle and then one day they all look up and they see this beautiful bird in the sky um you know very elegant looking um carrying an american flag it's this eagle and of course it's this eagle um flies by and then all of the birds on the ground the chickens and this uh foster eagle they they just think wow like what a great bird what a beautiful bird i wish i was one of those and then i was telling the story to amy and then she's thinking like oh yeah and then probably like this eagle learns to fly after that but no the, the story ends with like um and then the that eagle lived his the rest of his life as a chicken because he never knew that he was one of those birds in the sky um well, kind of sad <laughs> uh, especially compared to the other happier ending where like oh yeah he ended up flying away and joining the rest of the eagles but um 
Yeah, that's a story. Like, there's those kinds of stories in the book. Uh, I guess parables. But a lot of them were just these stories I've never heard before. And you would think that they'd be more popular. I think, like, that's a good one, that um, you'll be whatever it is that you believe in. Uh, I won't do the life coach impression right now. But uh, just check out that book, Awareness. Um, Definitely one that I'm going to reread this year. And I've gone on twice as long as I thought I would. I was aiming for 18 minutes. I just hit 36 minutes. So going to just end this now. Thanks for listening, <laughs> especially if you made it this far. That's a, uh, for like the solo episode. Um, I'm looking forward to doing more of these, and I think we're going to be focusing on books and trying to anchor towards different books uh, because I do the work of reading them, so I may as well like talk about them. Um, enjoy... 2020 uh enjoy this decade uh this year's been off to a great start i went to san diego with amy um officiated my best friend's wedding and yeah i got to see wally in person and we've talked about uh, these different things that we want to do um and yeah uh, that's it thanks a lot thanks for listening